This podcast is brought to you in part by The Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Do not adjust your settings. Take your hands off the keys. Your search is over. These are the geeks you're looking for. You found Geek Watch One. Hey, Geeksters! I'm Kylan, and I'm Ken, and you found Geek Watch One. Welcome back, Geeksters, to Geek Watch One. And this week, we got some interesting trailers that we're going to have to talk about. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to get into it in a minute. But Jupiter Legacy looks amazing. Yeah, it does. it's a. It's a- a new superhero team or family, mm-hmm. as it's kind of both, that uh, that will be introduced to soon. Yeah, it looks it looks. We'll get into all of it, all of our first takes on it here in a little bit. But before yeah. that, how you guys doing? We're doing okay. We're doing all right. Um. Okay, so we figured we should get this out of the way at the beginning. Um. We we found out this week that a friend, uh, who's been on the show, an author, a pulp author. Passed away on April fourth, Derek Ferguson. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, he. Um, we we don't have details on what happened in that. We only just found out a couple days ago. Um, there's kind of a general pulp group on Facebook, and um, they shared a posting that his wife had made. I guess you know it. It took them a couple of days to get it out there, but um, if you were interested in 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 new pulp, he was a huge proponent of it. Not only to get people to read it, but he wrote a lot of it, too. Right. And uh, back in 2017, we interviewed him on the show. So if you were curious, you could go back. um, If you go to our website and just search the name Derek Ferguson or even Derek, it's D-E-R-R-I-C-K. He's back in issue 109. We had an interview with him. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's and, you know, I've managed to get to know some of these people through the years, uh, and and talk to Derek off and on, you know, at least on Facebook. And he was he was one of those Facebook guys who like always responded. Like if you if you commented on something he posted, he commented back. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really he was really active in the group that he created that brought a lot of people together. There's a lot of authors in the group. It's called Yusimi Darrow. I think it's a public group, so yeah. people can join it. But um, it brought a lot of authors together. It did a lot of kind of pulpy talk and a lot of 80s pop culture talk too because right. he was he was very into movies he even had a blog talking reviewing movies a lot of movies. a lot of movies i mean he was pro- he was a prolific writer and uh the character that he created uh dylan um was uh you know he in the, in the same same vein as uh, doc savage and uh the avenger and you know all, all those books up uh, um the fandom, those you know, all those guys that 20s, were twenties, thirties, forties, cult heroes, and, and so and the thing, and he loved new pulp, and he had this blog that he would, uh, a post that he would always bring up of if you're interested in new pulp, these are the books to try, and every Sunday was Pimp Yourself Sunday, um. You know, so if you if you were some type of creator, he encouraged you to push your stuff out there and for 
people who are reading these books and they wanted you to support the writers to make sure that you're rating and reviewing on all the various sites that those uh, books were published. And um, yeah, it was awesome. And it's kind of hard to go talk about it. Was, right it now. was a shock actually, because it wasn't, apparently he had been ill for a little while. I right. saw some postings talking about him having this like, recurring cough and that kind of like i don't know specifically what it was i haven't delved into that um but it was kind of a shock to see the other Mm -hmm. day so um he's gonna be missed for sure and he introduced kylan to a lot of books yeah yeah i you know and the funny thing is i bought a dylan book before i even met him at um was it air was it the um airship 27 yeah there's a publisher that's um relatively regional yeah that um they were at a the akron comic-con akron comic-con it was at quaker square yeah and so i i because i i come across a couple of um action man books and that sort of thing i'm like oh i love this stuff and then i saw this one book and it, it was dylan and uh i forget the other character but i was like okay it looks like a cool book i picked it up but that was before i even heard a new pulp and then and you don't often get a black new pulp hero. No, and I think that's what probably what attracted that's me. What, that's what got you. Yeah. And, and then, and then after finally actually uh, meeting or in this weird series of events, finding out about Dylan, reading, uh, reading the Dylan and the Voice of Odin, and then just uh, reaching out and <clears throat> this guy that didn't know us and didn't even hear of our podcast, but was open. He was like, come, sure, I'll come on. He was sure, we'll talk. And um, <laughs> he was just one of those guys. Like you could, he was one of those guys you knew you could hang out with. And you know what? I love that he got all my references. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, like yeah. Buck Rubanzai. If you ever wondered, there are people out there like Kylan. Like, <laughs> and here know, I like, thought I was and, the only one that gets most of your references. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and and he he had this awesome idea of, uh, that, um, and this is a popular theory that all these fictional characters all shared the same universe. And uh, and actually, there was another group that he was a part of called the Crossover Universe. So, you know, in this world, Dylan uh, occupies the same space as... The Phantom. As the Phantom. <laughs> and, you know, and then, you know... Why not? It, it was awesome. And, yeah. you know, he encouraged collaboration among the different writers out there mm-hmm. for them to uh, bring their characters I together. Mean, and, and honestly, his group on Facebook, Yusimi Darrow... It's one of the most active that I've ever been a part of, mm-hmm. but like productively active, like yes. people actually legitimately give people advice on things. Whereas <laughs> some groups you get, you know, could you read this and let me know what you think? And people trash things right. or they're just like, yeah, that's good. But they don't tell you anything else. This is like, it's a very proactive group and they're very helpful amongst themselves and to other people and they're open to all suggestions and they're like small time writers and actually more well-known writers that you end up getting shocked that you can talk directly to in this group. Right. And, <laughs> and then, you know, he would post things like, uh, like, uh, something like, uh, a, an experimental vehicle that, you know, it's, a, oh, I always imagine my, my character driving this and it, and it was just like some type of prototype vehicle or he would post, the soundtrack that he think that his character yeah. is listening to at any given moment. The funny, the funny stuff was when he would post four pictures, and it would be like four characters, well known characters, and he's like, "You have to get rid of one of them. Why? 
Yes. (laughs) You get all this debate going on like, no, 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 you'd have to get rid of this one because this other one influences this other stuff. So you can't get rid of it. Like all like complete geeky back and forth. So it's um, he'll be missed. He'll he'll be missed in group. Um, The thing is, like, there's this weird closeness with us. And a lot of us probably have never met face to face. But honestly, as a result of it, I've kind of reached out to another writer in the Mm -hmm. group. Um, because because he, Kylan decided to start his own YouTube channel soon, so now he's decided to interview people occasionally. <laughs> so yeah, so I, so and, and it's was, about it's about Pulp Fiction and violence and and TV shows and basically the type of stuff Kylan loves. Right, so. like yeah, so I mean, like the, this book I'm reading right now, like somebody in, in, in one review said they imagined hearing um like the a theme like from the 80s 90s action shows and. I was like, okay, that's kind of an interesting take on it. But you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm reading this now, and it, it feels like I'm reading the kind of stuff that I would watch. Exactly. Um, And, yeah, so uh, – and this guy, I you know, I told him, hey, I'm mm-hmm. checking out your stuff. And so – and it's kind of cool because that's what kind of brought us all together. And I, and I see this group continuing. Yeah. It's going to be a weird moment, you know, yeah. for us right now. But uh, what he built – it's going to continue. Yeah. So. It's, it's kind of weird when it's, you know, mostly an online friend. And mm-hmm. it's like, how do you, it's like, well, we kind of knew him, but it's like other people knew him better, but we still knew him, but yeah. we, we're going to miss him. It's, yeah. it's, 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 odd, weird. it's an odd fact of the present day that you can have friends like this, that you're close enough to, that it just seems weird when they're gone. I, I, I think I always had it in the back of my head. You know, one of these days I'm going to get to New York and I'll be like, Hey, he lived in Brooklyn. So yes. it was like, we were going to get to Brooklyn and eventually we meet him. Have pizza so, or something. And yeah. And you know, and that's, you know, it's a unfortunate fact of life. So, yeah. um, so we wanted to bring that up and pay tribute to him and celebrate Derek Ferguson. So if, if you're into that kind of writing, go to his books are available on Amazon. Yeah. Go look up Derek Ferguson, buy his books, go to his blogs, join Yusumi Darrow on Facebook even. Well, yeah, uh, um, DerekFerguson.com is where a ton of his stuff is, and I believe Dylan.com also yeah, is strictly his, his Dylan stuff. Well, because so. of you guys is why um, I actually read a couple of the books, and they're awesome. But what surprised me was these types of books, You everybody's read for years all these pulp novels that happened in the 30s and 40s, and all these were modern day. But they still felt yeah. like they're from the 30s and 40s. It's the exact same exactly. thing which you've right. been reading there, just in modern times. Right, right, right. So, so yeah. But aside from that, we mm-hmm. should move on to you know happier things. Yes. Um, yeah. If you want to watch a bad movie, watch Thunder Force on Netflix. <laughs> you said that. I've not. What is Thunder Force? I've. I think I saw okay. that it was there. It's a. It's a superhero comedy. Okay. Um, Melissa McCarthy and. Uh, um, oh yeah. Octavia. Yeah, Octavia, I remember the tra- I forgot uh, that was up there. Yeah, so anyways, they're 40-something women, and they end up with superpowers, because, <laughs> which sounds ridiculous enough, but um, Octavia Spencer, is that her name? Spencer, anyway, yes, um, yes. So what happens is, it, it gives you this very brief explanation at the beginning that something happened to the Earth years ago where people were given powers, but they were all evil. So anyone who has powers is bad. And they ended up getting called the miscreants instead of just villains. But they've been mutated in some way. So um, it, it, the powers are, are from mutations and that kind of thing. So um, for one of the characters, they end up killing her parents. So she makes it her, her, devotes her life to 
becoming a scientist and discovering how to make super people so that she can finally get back at the miscreants who took her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what happens. And Melissa McCarthy was her best friend. And then they had a falling out and then they come back together again when they're older. And um, she's basically verges on the bumbling idiot, quite honestly, at times. Yeah. Because she accidentally ends up with the powers. Okay. Um, and then uh, the other character, she she gives herself powers as well to try and fight things. Um, so it, it's, it, it's obviously got the comedy element, but a lot of it's just like they try a little too hard with the jokes and – the entire plot's predictable. It felt it felt like a direct-to-video movie. I know it's direct to Netflix, but they usually do better. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's it's amusing. It's corny. It's got some gross stuff involving raw chicken. But that's Glenn Fry. Well, his it, music. It has it has a couple of funny musical moments. One of them involving Glenn Fry. Um, and it has Jason Bateman as Crab Man because his arms are like crab arms with claws and everything, which is there's a disturbing love story involving crab man uh it's just a weird movie okay yeah yeah it's it's weird but and the thing is like jason bateman he's still his charming jason bateman self yeah he basically plays jason bateman with clout with claws (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, yeah it it seems like whenever he plays stuff he doesn't play very far outside of type Right. No. I mean, there's been there. There was that Stephen King outsider. Was it the Stephen King yeah. drama that he did? That was totally not him. Right. Um. But usually, if it's especially if it's a comedy, it usually just seems to be him. Yes. Um. So it's it's an amusing enough movie, and definitely not right. something you would have wanted to pay for to see in a theater. No. No. But no. Uh, it, it, hopefully, there's no sequels because it's just kind of. No. I. I mean, even across the board, even people who like this kind of movie are kind of trashing it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, the thing is, I was like, my I had choices because, um, pushing through all the Star Trek stuff, finished mm-hmm. Next Generation, moved into DS Nine, mm-hmm. and I'm like, the choice was a couple episodes of DS Nine or Thunder Force, and you chose wrong. Uh, I chose Thunder Force. <laughs> well, and, yeah, um, DS Nine yeah, so. until you get to the second or third season, it's kind of hard to get because they're still trying to figure out what oh, it is. I disagree. Oh, dude, I no, I. I made a mistake. Like I remember when it first started, I was not interested in it because it was. I'm like, why am I gonna watch this on a starbase? I, I I just it wasn't my. It wasn't. I was. I don't know. I missed it. But I will tell you from the start, I'm loving it. Although it's weird seeing Avery Brooks with hair and no goatee. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's kind of weird for me. But I am. You're not the first I'm, one. When this first really, came out. When you this first came out, there was a lot of people that had that problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was weird, but no, I, I there's no there's not a learning curve for me for this. I I'm just like I'm liking the different approach now. I didn't yeah. know, maybe at that when it first came out, I wasn't at the age where I could appreciate it. That's well, right. as yeah, it goes on, so. it actually gets a whole lot better. Right. Well, well I mean, like that's with any show, though. Most yeah. of the time, it's the first season, especially the beginning of the first season can be rocky before they find their footing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that yeah. that really that is my favorite Star Trek series. Okay. Yeah. Even though I, I recognize I, like the first season was a little difficult for me, but once you start getting into the um the way that the Klingons work into it, the way the Dominion War starts to happen and stuff like that, all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like, "Oh, now this is hitting on all cylinders." Right. So, yeah, so it's uh so I uh so I I I did not choose wisely. <laughs> I did but- not 
Another uh, going going to a different direction. I did watch a first the first couple episodes of them. It's on Amazon Prime. The entire season is there. This is not a show to binge. Um, okay, it's 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 marketed as a horror series, and it is. Um, it's set in the fifties. It's a black family that moves from the Carolinas to California. Okay. So you have a combination of horror here because they're they're using the same, I guess, trope at this point that was used in Lovecraft with a black family moving into a white neighborhood. Okay. That's a lot of the horror because and surprisingly enough, which a lot of people don't realize this, it's Compton. Compton used to be white, okay? So mm-hmm. a lot of people will not even realize that part. <laughs> but this this family moves into Compton. And there are basically racist families up and down the street that don't want this family there. Right. Which is interesting because so, if you think about in the 50s, California wasn't known as much for that. Because <laughs> they're not right, a southern right. state. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, California also did not have a big black population. And this, yeah. is, that, this happened in the 50s. There was a – they migration. actually called it a, a great migration yeah. from the south and the east over to California for more opportunities for black families. Mm-hmm. So – that that's part of what's going on here. So right from the start, you get essentially non-physical hostilities going on mm-hmm. um, from the other families. Some of the same stuff you saw in Lovecraft, playing music really loud and, and trying to figure out what to do to get them to leave, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you find out, and, and you do see both sides of this, too. You see it from the black family side and you see it from white family side. Okay. Um, so you see what's going on on both sides. So you have that that they're dealing with. There's also um, with the with the black family, the husband um, was in the military, and there's a bit of PTSD going on with certain things. Okay. So you've got that bit of tension. Then, of course, because it's a horror story, there's got to be more. Something's going on with the house. So mm. <laughs> um, there, there's something. And, of course, they've got two daughters, a teenager and a young girl. And, of course, the young girl's going to be creepy. And she's the one that sees things. So mm. that's what's going on. There's something going on in the basement because the dog was growling at the basement door. Oh, and um, I'm just going to let you know because we're all dog lovers around here. The dog doesn't make it. Oh. Um, and I'm only two episodes in, okay? So be prepared. It's not good. Um but because of all that stuff that's going on, it's a really tense show. And I I had to stop after a couple episodes and, like, take a breather. Well, and, <laughs> and see, the thing is, this says that when uh, Don posted that, that says a lot to me because <laughs> horror generally does not affect Don. Well, like, it's, yeah. not, it's not so much the horror of it, though. Like, yeah. it's just... It, it, honestly, it's more it's more the real world part of it, the intensity of it. And it's not something you have to think about. There's just like these people are just it's just BS, like everything they're trying to do to kick this family out mm-hmm. while the family's trying to deal with his own struggles at the same time. Right. So ba- it show. Yeah, you keep saying show- how you're re- um, referencing it to like Lovecraft style. Same thing. We had said, remember, when yeah. we were watching Lovecraft, we can't yeah. you can't watch this all at once. There's yeah, too much stuff going on. You got to figure. You got to let your brain process what you just saw. In terms of the fictional horror part of it, there's not a lot of it in the episode. Yeah, it's really more a psychological um, tension kind of thing going on that the mm-hmm. families are dealing. Because it shows you 
what the teenage girl experiences at school being essentially the only black girl there, what the husband experiences at work being the only black man in the engineering department. Like he shows up for work the first day and the secretary doesn't even want to deal with him and basically tells him where the lunchroom is because she presumes that's where he works. Oh, you know, so like it's 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 a ma- it's a time and place kind of show that they've obviously they're they're you know, using that to create a lot more tension in it. Right. So that's, that's a lot of what it is. It's just kind of like, you can't deal with knowing that this was a real thing to see so much of it at once. Like there's 10 episodes. That would be a lot to watch at once. Well, okay, yeah, there's so, a lot. Yeah. Like, like, a lot. I would recommend it. Like, I think it's really well written. They've done mm-hmm. a really good job of creating this tension and this horror in everyday life, as well as the additional horror that's going on. So I would, them on Amazon Prime. I recommend it. Hmm. it the so, marketing for this. Is this Jordan Peele? No, it's not a Jordan Peele one. It that, feels like a Jordan Peele one. That's yeah. what's the weird part is because the marketing looks like, what was it, um, Get Out and some of those show, those yeah. movies. That's what the marketing looks like. like. They're trying to hit that audience. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of the feel of a lot of horror you get these days, especially with black casts. That's mm-hmm. what a lot of people are looking for and expecting. And that's what they've gone with. They've done a good job with it. Right. Um. I'll I'll let you know maybe later on what happens when I've watched the rest of it. <laughs> well, I mean, because I'll tell you, like, even knowing, having gone through the entire series of Lovecraft Country, mm-hmm. I don't know if I could. I don't know if that's when I could even binge now, knowing what I know. Right. You know, and and like I said, it's more like the real the real life horror. Even the even the book's not easy to read for Lovecraft because yeah. I read the yeah, book. Man, so. Well, that's not even easy to read. It's interesting that you find a series like Lovecraft where the horror elements are a nice break from the actual horror of the show. Right. 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 So that it, it helps you break it up so you can figure out what was happening in the real like socioeconomic type of stuff that's happening in the in the world. Yeah, because, right. I mean, you you know a lot of what happened. You, you know the results and you know the violence involved in that. Mm-hmm. Whereas when the horror, the fantasy horror stuff comes up, you're like, you have no idea what's going to happen. So you can just sit there and almost sit back and relax and go, okay, show me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So I don't, I don't think Kylan would like it though. There's definitely jump scares and he doesn't like those. See, yeah, that's, a, right. that's the only type right. of horror. I'm really, uh, I actually like jump scare horror, blood and guts horror and stuff like that. It's like, it's okay, but it's not my thing. That's why I'm um, into like the saw movies. Yeah. Stuff like, yeah, but they call it the um, torture porn and that type of stuff like saw and all those ones. No, I, yeah. you can keep those. You don't need, I don't need all that I, stuff. I I don't do the blood and guts more because I'm a behind the scenes person and I know how it works and it does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like the creepy horror. Jump scares never get to me. This bothers Kylan beyond belief that there can be jump scares and I never jump. Ever. Yeah. And but I like that sort of thing. I like the creepy. I like the creepy horror. I like the mm-hmm. haunted house horrors. Right. Um, they're just much more interesting it- because there's more effort. The, just, the writers and, and actors and stuff, they have to put so much more effort into it to make you feel the creepiness yeah. than to just show a bunch of blood on screen. True. Well, Ken just found and, a, and, a you know, trailer. Well, I just found actually one that would be... Go ahead. The werewolf you watch one. It. Yeah, there's a new werewolf one coming next month. Did you see this? And it, When I first started watching it, what's it called? Bloodthirsty or something like that? Something. It When I first started watching it, I thought it was going to be a romance vampire um, horror movie. Where they actually have it as a horror movie with blood and stuff, but you find out towards the end, it's a werewolf one. She's a okay. musician. Wow. It looks like it's in the similar vein to the old, um, like Howlings and some of those actual horror 
um, okay. werewolf movies. The ones I grew up with. Because she's a musician, and she goes with her girlfriend to a, to a residence to work on music with, what, a, a guy? I believe so, yeah. And he's supposed to be a producer. Stuff happens. Okay. See, I, I don't know, and it's weird. Like, I don't understand why, like, on the screen, I don't, I, I don't do jump scares. But if I'm – when we're on an investigation – Nothing bothers no, you. Nothing bothers me. It's like if that's I'm it. in the situation, well, whatever's you. happening. But yeah, but you have control over it. That's true. You have yeah. Control. So that's... you're watching it, you don't know. Yeah, right. one of my favorite horror movies, a lot of people d- don't like it and stuff, but one of my favorite horror movies was um, actually the late 90s remake of House on Haunted Hill. Because I that was very much stuff coming out of nowhere and jumping at you, and it didn't really telegraph it before it happens. Honestly, one of my favorites has always been the Blair Witch Project. See, I've not watched that one. Yeah. Just because because it partly it's because of the whole found footage thing. So yeah. you don't know everything that's going on. Right. But all the little bits and pieces you're trying to put together and yeah. Well that was like, like you know what? just I before internet got like big that, too. Yeah. Um and the first which one was it? Uh Paranormal Activity. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those, that's what, because, like you said, the found footage, Vicky said that was before the internet got huge for this type of thing. Yeah. And word so, of mouth yeah. word of mouth Blair Witch was real. Yeah. Yeah. So they were able to do a full viral campaign without the internet um, spoiling it, that, hey, the this may have actually happened. The entire concept of Blair Witch was pretty awesome at the time. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I even got one of the books that was like the files of Blair Witch or something mm-hmm. that had all this extra stuff because they hid the actors. Yeah. When they released that movie, they hid the actors for months to make people believe it was real. Yes. It's, that was amazing. It's mm-hmm. one of those movie phenomenon that um, you kind of can't replicate because people will no. look for it now. Like yeah. the original Borat movie, that why it took yeah. so long to make a second one was because it would be you can't do that back to back, and people yeah, actually believe it happened because people right. would recognize right. him and say, "Okay, you wait ten years, and then you put a bunch of security on it, and you can try to get it get it over again." Right, right. Uh, that's like the guys that did the Jackass, but if they yeah. during the internet age, you could not do that now. No, no. Because someone would be on Facebook say, hey, they're recording here, and all of a sudden it's not – doesn't work. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why um, something like the Blair Witch, it would be really hard to re- – or even, um, like you said, Paranormal Activity, They um, those still work because it's the same concept, general concept as a uh, Blair Witch style. Right. But they're, everybody knows that it's staged. So you still right. get the jump scares and stuff, but it's uh, you don't get that same viral reaction out of it. Right. Right. That's true. So, and the one Vicky was talking about there was Bloodthirsty. Bloodthirsty, okay. It feel the trailer, like I said, feels like one of those '90s vampire um, romance almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's all werewolves, and it's actually and it has actually full on were- um horror. Okay. Right. So, which is cool because it's been a while since we had a really good werewolf movie. I hope this one is. <laughs> it looks good from the trailer. Yeah, but the trailers always make it look good. <laughs> but no, we're gonna true. give it a chance to check it out. Cool. So that's actually next month. Yeah. I was surprised. Um, it, it jumped out at me that um, Mortal Kombat comes out this week. Uh, no, no. It's, it's, um, it's next week because they changed the date. Ah, I thought it was yeah. the 16th. Back in March, they changed the date to the 23rd. Ah, okay. Well, the one no. I was surprised, though, I flipped on is somehow, I, I know it didn't sneak up on you guys, but I didn't realize I flipped on HBO this morning and New Mutants is on there. Yep. yep. Did they like New not Mutants. announce as much or did they just kind of announce it once and just let it sit there? They just let it sit there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kinda, 
Well, and, and and a lot of people are surprised by it being there because it's now Disney owned, but that goes back to what we've talked about with contracts and stuff. Yeah, so. that was an old Fox deal because um, what you call it, Dark Phoenix was on there. Yeah, right. they they still have the rights to put them on there for a certain amount of time. Um, so yeah, so we won't be seeing that on Disney Plus anytime soon. If you were looking forward to it, which I don't really know many people who are, I don't think so. that one's going to end up on Disney Plus anyway. That one's going to probably end up on Hulu. Right, right, exactly. That's, and I did see Hulu, I guess, is getting ready to reformat themselves to actually push more towards all the Disney and Fox stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah, they are. So we'll we'll have to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Right. But, well, in streaming, and I know you guys probably have it in the news, but something that we predicted a couple of months ago happened, was announced this week. Do you remember the, um, we were talking, remember we were talking about how everybody's opening, Paramount has their own thing, everybody, all those movie studios have their own streaming service to cover their stuff, except Sony. Right. Right. And is that on your list, this news? Um, I was going to put the Sony Netflix news on my list, but it was minor. So I, didn't. yeah, that's what I, I was just gonna bring that up real quick. Cause it's kind of interesting. Cause we had said, or I had said that how Netflix needs something to compete yeah. with the big studios and Sony was the only one out there. Well, they announced it this week that Sony now has an exclusive contract with Netflix. Yeah. So basically everything's going to Netflix now that from Sony. So yeah. it's not, it, it's interesting. They, they went ahead and created this because they still own the spider verse stuff. Exactly. Right. So they Netflix did an end around on Disney to not get Spider Man. <laughs> so that's where you're going to see it all on Netflix, basically. Mm-hmm. So. Right. But that's fine because most people have have had Netflix for years. So if they have both, they can still get to see all the Marvel stuff. But that also means that's where you're going to see Uncharted. Yeah. Netflix, yeah. That looks good. Yeah. I'm interested to see some of the classic um, Columbia and TriStar stuff. Right. If they bring any of that over to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it depends. It depends how extensive the the deal is, whether it's new releases or the old catalog as well. Yeah, right. So, they well, should. I, yeah, in my opinion, they should do the whole catalog type deal. That was one of the cool things I thought when HBO Max started up was some of the old Warner Brothers stuff that was on there. Right, right. And then um, well, I, Peacock also with the Universal the monsters and stuff. Then when I got Peacock this week and actually paid for it, all that's gone. Ah, <laughs> so. Of but Peacock well, is running a cool deal. So. Then. Huh? We should get into more news. Yes, then, let's get into started. more of the news. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to mention because it's something that Kylan sought out to watch. Um, the the new Kung Fu reboot hit the air. I want to see it. Week. I haven't got a chance to check it yet. And actually, a record number of viewers watched the pilot episode, beating out viewership numbers previously set by shows like The One Hundred and Riverdale. Wow. Uh, Kung, Kung Fu was watched by 1.4 million viewers. And even achieved a point two in the eighteen to forty nine demographic, which is the most viewership a CW Wednesday premiere has received since the one hundred aired its twenty fourteen pilot. That's a long stretch. Yeah, it's a long yeah. stretch. These numbers also gave Kung Fu the CW's largest audience since Riverdale in October twenty eighteen, and third best premiere of the twenty twenty one season so far, beating out the Walker reboot and Superman and Lois. Wow. Um, the awesome thing about this is it's not just like we're talking about an action show. They've added a fantasy element to this series. Yes. So, okay. Which makes it and kind of cool. Yeah. I, you know, um, and it's one of those that it, this, like uh, a few episodes ago, we talked about reboot series and how, you know, some series are basically, it's just name recognition and others, 
take the the, the same concepts and just modernize it. Uh, this one is the rare occasion where it takes the basic concepts, modernizes it, and then does its own thing, and it works. Okay. Um, yeah, I I am excited because well, um, you have the basics of someone at a monastery training. Yes. You have those basics. This time it's a female. She's younger. Um, and you have a whole family issue, and it's it's actually an all female. Monastery. Is it a monastery? It's still a monastery, monastery? yeah. For the Shaolin, it's um, monastery. And still. there's good reasons for it. It's not just like they're doing some girl power thing. There's good reasons for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a whole, you killed my teacher, prepare to die thing, mm-hmm. uh, which Kylan was happy about. Yes. Because <laughs> he always wants to yell that at people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, But then there's a, you know, back home in the U.S., of course, problems with family because she's been gone for a few years and... And all that kind of thing. And then there's this mystical sword that has powers that's been stolen that she has to find. But it actually makes sense. Yeah, it all... It's not some weird, like, hokey thing. It, it, it's one of those things that, they, and uh, especially from my years in Shaolin, uh, there there are mystical elements that, you know, people, you it's up to you. You can either accept it or reject it. But part of your training there are certain mystical elements that come with the training um and there's there's mythology behind a lot of martial arts concepts anyway it it is they've taken it to a real level basically they did and i am let's just say kylan got a heck of a lot of butt kicking in the first episode and that made him happy that did yes (laughs) yeah it was uh see what it is is they took some of that out of walker and added it to kung fu there, no, no, no. There was more butt kicking in ten minutes in, the, in like the ten minute opening of Kung Fu than the entirety of the Walker series. That, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They took it out of Walker and added it to Kung Fu. Yeah, they took everything out of Walker. Everything. And, 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 and it's interesting because as you're introduced, you're, you're getting introduced to these characters, and you're like, okay, uh, who's good? Who's not? This person seems okay. I'm not sure. Uh, and, and along with bringing in the, okay, uh, the uh, Kung Fu, the legend continues. You you know how you had Kane and more or less interacting with Chinatown. Yeah. They, and they, they kind of, they bring that part too. Well, yeah, because she's in, is it in, she's in San Francisco. San Francisco, so Chinatown. You know there's a big Chinese element in San Francisco. Yeah, I, so you get that, that element. There. And I liked that. Like, because I was sort of like, like, how are they going to, and you know, it was sort of like one of those things, like, are they even going to. Well, her parents own a restaurant. Yes. So that's of course part they of do. what gets you. <laughs> right? That's part of what gets you right into Chinatown and what they're dealing with mm. and gives you reason for them to talk to other shopkeepers and right. be there. Sort of thing, and and the importance of that community, right? You know, um, so it's uh, it's Kylan approved. Put it, it that is way. Kylan, it is Kylan approved. <laughs> now, are there any it's... references back to the original series that would say that this may be in the same similar universe to that? No, no. even just no. a name drop or something. No, not not yet. Well, I mean, they they did the if you remember Kung Fu with the burns on the arms. She yeah. does have a burn on her hand from the okay. sword. So they they kind of they do callbacks to little things, but not a direct reference that connects it. Right. Okay. You know, it's not like oh, you know, Kane. No, no. You don't this have is... you don't have to know the original at all, really. No. Yeah. And you know, there's the relationship between 
between uh, the main character and and her her Sifu uh, teacher. Yeah, and so yes. and, and and that that being the guiding the guiding of influence in her life. That's true. So, which is something that you would see a lot in the in next in next generation or no Legend Continues and in the original, is that how Kane relied on the instruction from yeah but you see it in kung fu panda too so there's really no comparison well yeah but kung fu panda got it from the other i know but that's what i'm saying that's a a common thing they use in this type of show right right so (laughs) so yeah but there's no i at least as of right now there's no canes hanging around out there so okay but it's only one episode we'll see see that's what they could do because they could bring in um Peter, what was it? Peter Kane was the um, Kane's son in the Legend Continues, yeah. and Kane in that yeah. one was actually quite, quite whatever his name's um, grandson or something was who he played. He played his own grandson in that one. Funny thing is, it would be interesting if they got the actor to make a cameo because he's yeah. still working. Yeah, <laughs> that would that would be the best part, really, uh, just to have him do a cameo. He doesn't need to be the, there. The, the show character. ended with him taking over as the Shaolin monk for Chinatown. There you, see? Mm-hmm. So there you go. it could, you know. Anyways, moving on to more news. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Every week we seem to have uh, convention news. So this time around we have E3. Um, Entertainment Software Association announced that this year's E3 will once again be a free all-digital event running June 12th through 15th. Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, Warner Brothers Games, and Koch Media are already slated to participate. Okay. That's Um, awesome. It will connect developers and publishers digitally with fans around the world. The official announcement doesn't hint at what the show will actually look like this time around, but it has been confirmed it will be completely free with nothing locked behind paywalls. So it's probably YouTube. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so so basically you're going to be able to access everything that they're doing mm-hmm. um, without having to pay for premiums and stuff. Well, the nice. cool thing okay. is that you guys and Vicky all work from home now. You can actually watch it while you're working. <laughs> Well, I mean, I that was that was why I was able to actually catch, you know, New York Comic Con and San Diego last year was because I just looked up the schedule and I was like, oh, I can watch it then. Right. So, <laughs> um, and in other news, uh, Warner Brothers has resurrected a familiar name for a new studio. Um, it has brought back the Hanna Barbera name for a new studio rebranding for Hanna Barbera Studios Europe. Yeah, I heard about that. The studio was known as Cartoon Network Studios Europe and operated from Great Marlboro Productions. Uh, Hanna-Barbera Studios Europe will serve as Warner Media's flagship television animation studio within uh, Europe and Middle East Africa area. Oh, okay. Um, The new studio will be developing and producing new originals while embodying the spirit of its beloved library of characters. Currently, it's working on developing a uh, movie for The Amazing World of Gumball, which for some reason is a popular cartoon, which I can't stand because it's weird. Um, It's it's aimed at a very young audience. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it has its audience. I'm not supposed to understand it. Exactly. Um, That's to be... It's going to be a feature-length TV film um, showing on the Cartoon Network okay. at some point. Yeah, it, that, that's the thing that I've noticed in the last probably 10 years, that Cartoon Network has um, slowly but surely just aimed lower and lower on the um, age level. 
Yeah, you you have to you absolutely have to wait for the adult swim portions of yeah. it to mm-hmm. be able to see anything that hits over age, you know, sixteen to eighteen. Yeah, yeah. they're not really doing anything with We Bear Bears now, are they? That was no, like they, I did like We Bear Bears was funny though. I loved We Bear Bears. <laughs> I well, did, but you, know. you got to remember early two thousand or during the two thousands and right around 2010, 2011, Still, even you had Cartoon Network was running stuff that was uh, more. Even for a little bit older, like you had Ben 10, uh, the Clone Wars was on there. That wasn't their choice to get rid of it, but uh, there was a couple of other good action shows that adults and kids all liked. It's just slowly but surely they're moving younger and younger with everything. And and honestly, to get some action cartoons now, you have to go to Disney XD. Like you don't even go to the Disney Channel. You have right. to go to XD to get it. Right. And, or, of course, you know, watch it on Disney+. Plus. But, um, but that, yeah, that's what the Cartoon Network basically has completely separated themselves. You know, daytime, weekends, you get all the kids stuff. And after 8 or 9 o'clock, then you can get, you know, Rick and Morty and, and all these other you get, ones. Well, then you got on the weekend, you got Toonami, which... You get all the anime stuff. All yeah. the anime stuff, but... So. See, I've not had regular broadcast TV in so long, I don't even know what Toonami runs anymore. <laughs> Uh, I, I, no, I, I don't either. I don't either. watch it, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's that Food Wars one, I just, which... I just know every night they, they run Rick and Morty at 10 o'clock. That's all right. I know. <laughs> During the week, Rick and Morty. I can watch... I own the damn seasons, and I can watch it on streaming, but no, I've got to watch it on, on Cartoon Network at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I still turn on um, Pluto TV once in a while? Just because, like, you know what? Know. It's nice to just have something running in the background with commercials yeah, and I everything mean... else. I don't, it's, it's chilling out at the end of the day before bed. I just have it on. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, getting, we have Star Trek news since we were talking Star Trek earlier anyway. Um, it's Star Trek animated news. They have already announced that uh, Star Trek Lower Decks has been renewed. Paramount Plus released the first trailer for Lower Decks Season 2 last week. Um, and it'll be showing up on August 12th to premiere. And along with that first look, they announced another 10 episodes had been ordered for a season three. Good. So obviously it's popular. And remember, Lower Decks is canon. Yep. So as crazy as it is, I've watched a couple of those episodes. Mm -hmm. As crazy as it is, it's canon. (laughs) So if you want to see what creatures are now part of the Star Trek universe. (laughs) um, Then we have um, Star Trek. Uh, Prodigy revealing the look for Captain Janeway uh, as part, again, as part of uh, the announcements last week, which, by the way, was on First Contact Day. That's what they decided to do. Um, Kate Mulgrew herself released the first look at how the CG animated Captain Janeway will appear in the upcoming Kid Focus series, Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, Janeway won't actually be captain of the alien crew of Prodigy, but an educator appearing as the emergency training hologram of the show's primary ship. Oh, no, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so that was a bit of a change because no one knew how that was playing into everything. Mm -hmm. Um, The show has now been confirmed to be set in 2383, five years after USS Voyager returned to Earth following the impromptu seven-year tour of service in the Delta Quadrant. Nice. Okay. The animated kids series was originally set to come to Nickelodeon, but will now debut on Paramount+. Plus. Okay. okay. Well, that's a cool thing, because if I remember right, at the end of Voyager, she was actually promoted to um, Admiral right away. Right. right. So that's, that would make sense that they would use her like in a, as a hologram teacher or something. And it, it's kind of cool that they're going with, you know, how you've had the hologram doctor. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. They're keeping that in an animated show. Yes. Well, they've done that. Yeah. They showed 
Voyager did a lot with the hologram doctor, but they saw there's a couple other episodes in there that they had like emergency hologram um, pilot and a couple other things towards the end of the mm-hmm. season that they had done stuff with. So this it's nice to see that this really does put it in the Voyager universe, in the original Star Trek universe. Right. Right. It's, it's not a, in it's the new really, one. It's a really good look. You can you can look it up to see what it looks like. It does look very CG, like it's got that kind of blocky kind of look to it. Right. Um, but it's it's a good it's a good look for the character, I think. Um, so you'll get a feel for what the rest of the show will be. Um, before we talk about a couple of big trailers that came out, uh, I did want to mention as the last piece of news because I know the toy fans will be geeking over this one. Hasbro has unveiled a self-transforming Optimus Prime robot. Yeah, I saw the headline for that. I also <laughs> Most- saw the headline with the price tag. Yep, the most official Transformers toy, the most advanced official Transformers toy ever made, stands 19 inches tall and is built from metal alloy parts. Optimus Prime walks in robot form, drives in vehicle form, and converts automatically on command. You can get it on pre-order on the Hasbro Pulse site for a mere $699. Yeah. Now, (laughs) China's Robson Robotics has been making self-transforming robots for a while now, and its Optimus Prime is a true programmable robot. It responds to commands issued by voice or via a mobile app. The robot comes equipped with more than 80 sound effects, including clips from voice actor Peter Cullen and the classic transforming sound from the cartoon. Oh, nice. You get the sound. Oh. Uh, well, well, technically it's a toy. This Optimus Prime is assembled from over 5,000 thousand components holy crap (laughs) and it includes 60 microchips and 27 servo motors so Mm. don't drop it yeah so we don't have to worry about it being coming from ikea from ikea yeah (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure it comes assembled because otherwise you're really screwed see Uh, yeah (laughs) you have to have a um electronic engineering degree to put it together that's it that's it. Six ninety nine is the is the unassembled price, and then a thousand would be the assembled. No, yeah. I'm kidding. well, that, I'm kidding. that's because cool, uh, like keep it away from your two year old and screwdrivers. Yeah, yeah. Well, also right. the fun thing is yesterday we saw our buddy Greg. We went over to the um, to the keep where his shop is, and he had Unicron in the back. Ah. This thing is ginormous. The Hasbro Pulse Unicron, and it, oh. it was formerly the most expensive Transformer, <laughs> but this is <laughs> sitting by itself. It's like three foot tall in planet mode with the rings. <clears throat> And he said it took him a couple of hours just to take it out of the box and put it into that form. He's yet to actually try to transform it. Wow. Well, I see, and you know, with the Hasbro Pulse has been really putting out some premium content mm-hmm. now. That's uh, what they do. The G.I. Joe and Power Rangers and, uh, and the Star Wars has been amazing. Yeah. What I hope is, and I really legit hope that. They don't do anything with jazz because then I'm gonna have some hard choices to make. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, I mean I'm super specific in my love of Transformers, but they're do- most of this type of stuff. <laughs> the nice thing is most of this type of stuff they're doing Generation One Transformers, so you'll get your jazz. <laughs> no, he won't. <laughs> okay, no, maybe, me, maybe I wouldn't. Okay, put it this way: that price can get you another one-up arcade cabinet. That's true. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't, I would not necessarily pay 600. And have some left over. <laughs> I would not pay $600 for jazz, but if they did a nicer jazz, I would find room There's in my collection. There's conversations to be had. Put it hey, that look, way. I have a, hey, I have remember, a, Unicron <clears throat> was only, I think, 500. So jazz would probably be closer jazz. to like a 250 
Or three. Or less, depending on what they're doing. <laughs> anyway, let's go to a couple big trailers that came out. Yeah, yeah. well, one last thing. Now, you they got the Hasbro Pulse is doing, we've seen how awesome it is for the Transformers and all this stuff, but imagine, you remember what the USS flag was like for G.I. Joe, the toy? Imagine yeah. if Hasbro Pulse put out a modern USS flag. You know, it, it, the thing is, with what they've done with um, with the, the G.I. Joe, with, with their uh, premium G.I. Joe series, uh, I could just imagine what the flag would look like. It would be Although like 10 I, foot long. <laughs> I, they could not make that. That'd be insane to make it big enough for the figures to fit mm-hmm. on. Well, what you that'd do is you ins- start by one year you do Sky Strikers at the full right. size. Then you do something else like, um, oh, what was the name of the hovercraft? Uh, the uh, whale. Yeah, the whale. And then after you get those things that all would go with the flag, then they announced the flag for like 1500 <laughs> You know it would sell if it was made it's for like, the size of those. It's like buying Lego sets at this point, you True. know? It's like... Well, it's like that uh, Lego helicarrier. Like, that, that would never be in my collection because that thing is huge and I have nowhere else to put it and just the price alone. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. what it was like with me. They had um, the Lego Collector Series Star Destroyer that was like three three foot long, but I couldn't afford right. $700 for a Lego. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, what do you do with it? You just put it together and it sits there. Like, that's okay. The, for the, well, a good $700. You got What do you do with Sideshow Collectibles? It's the exactly. same thing. <clears throat> Well, yeah, some... That's why I've been trying to get someone to stop buying some things. <laughs> I, I have not bought an action figure in a long time. I'm not putting up more damn shelves. <laughs> I haven't bought an action hey, figure in yeah, a long hey, time. Hey, action figures you can play with. I don't play with them. No, he doesn't. No, see, that's the thing. I, 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 they're, they're still on cards. There's a lot of them on cards and in boxes. And <laughs> 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 but anyway, moving on to trailers. Um, in, in case you, you forgot, a couple years ago, Netflix made a deal with Mark Millar to essentially buy his universe of, uh, of comics that included, you know, all the, the ones that are non-superhero and the ones that are superhero or questionably superhero, um, <laughs> depending on which comics you read. So we finally got a trailer for their first big production, uh, which is Jupiter's Legacy. So um, I'll post the link to it in the show notes although i think i posted it on our facebook page anyway mm-hmm. um so it's it's a it's a superhero team but it's also generational these these powers apparently passed down um so if you if you've watched the trailer there's a lot in it there's really a lot yeah. to see in, in barely like a minute and a half or whatever well mm-hmm. before we dissect um, it though the my first impression when i saw it was this feels like a different superhero show. Now we've seen all kinds of different versions of superhero stories at this point, but this Mm -hmm. one almost is more of a serious drama take on superheroes. Yes. Yes. Cause like Um, the boys has plenty of comedy and violence and all that stuff. All the Marvel has the comedy, but it's a little more serious here and there, depending on what it is. And Marvel depends on what it is, is what type of movie you get. Uh, DC is all dark and dreary. That's just the way, unfortunately that's the way they've been doing it. But this feels like something new and different, which is nice. That's what we need. It's um, even in the comic, it's taken seriously. It's like it's basically an uh, an everyday life drama. It's not you're not seeing like necessarily the everyday lives of the heroes, but it is a real world everyday life sort of thing so that it's not, you know, people aren't joking around all the time. There's also not a lot of hyper violence like you get with the boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now, Millar is known for having a lot of violence in his books, mm-hmm. but it depends on the book. Right. Like, you, if you look at Kick-Ass, there's a lot of violence. Oh, yes. yeah. That's all, that, that, that was made for that only. <laughs> right. Jupiter's Legacy is, I mean, as the name tells you, Legacy, it's a lot more to do with passing on to the next generation and the issues between generations of superheroes, what they're fighting for, why they're doing what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the... The superhero team is called The Union. That's what they're called. And the good thing about the trailer, actually, is that unlike some other Millar properties, this doesn't look like a, you know, scene-for-scene rehash of the comic. Um, If you've read Kick-Ass and certain other things that he's done, a lot of it is, like, right there on the page. You could almost read it from the page as you're watching the movie. Right. Um, there's a lot of additions and stuff, but it's very scene for scene with a lot of things. This mm-hmm. looks like it isn't, uh, especially because the trailer lets you know where the powers came from. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily how how it happened, but in the comic, it takes a while to get to the fact that there was this island and that's where, where the powers came from. The trailer gives you that right away. Right. They went to this island, they got powers, boom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um... The other thing to understand is, uh, as as this said, they've been heroes for a long time, the older ones that you see. This is 90 years. So part of, I think, what you're going to see is repercussions from things that have happened during those 90 years. Because not everyone's good all the time. Nope. And that's a long time to be good and do right. So um, you're going to get stuff like that. Now, the union is headed up by Sheldon Sampson. Um, he's known as the Utopian. That's um, Josh Dumal. He's the guy you see in the white suit, long hair. Okay. Uh, he becomes the planet's most powerful, moral, and well-respected hero. He's basically Superman. That's who you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife, Grace Kennedy, is a super strong lawyer by the name of Lady Liberty. <laughs> and uh, his brother, Walter... Uh, is Brainwave, and he's a, a psychic who can fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there there are differences in powers, power sets and what they can do. Uh, Sheldon and Grace's children, Chloe and Brandon, um, in the comics, Brandon's a telekinetic. He goes by the, the name Paragon. and But Chloe, and you can see this in the trailer, she's not in costume. She she kind of tries to separate herself from the spotlight. She does have abilities. She's, she's the one you see throwing a car. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's obviously ticked off at some things. Well, in the, uh, in the trailer, it looks like she's, um, not as much trying to stay out of the spotlight, but trying to work into a different spotlight. Right. Exactly. Yeah. She's, she's trying to stay out of the superhero spotlight. Yeah. Put it that way. Um, and so obviously you're going to have things going on between parents and kids, family things. Uh, there are other, members of the union that you see in the trailer, there's Fit Small, whose um, abilities as the flare include flight, super strength, and energy blasts. Um, you also have Sheldon's best friend, George Hutchin, who's uh, basically an egotistical engineer uh, who can also fly and has mega strength as the alter ego Sky Fox. So, you know, you get all the cool names. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, then you have uh, Richard Conrad, who's who goes by Blue Bolt. And wa- he's also strong and capable of flight and wields a uh, rod to bl- for uh, energy blasts. So those are the kind of the characters you get in the trailer. And you get a good feel for uh, kind of where it's starting. But you don't get a lot about the show if you think about it. Yeah. Right. 
And yeah. from the trailer, and now I don't know the for fact, but this looks like where the boys went for a hard R. I mean, they 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 held nothing back. It looks like this is not going to be as I mean, it's it's for adults because it's a drama, but it's not going to be the same type of adult show. No, we're, you're you're talking PG. Yeah. Um, and quite honestly, there's one of the characters that that one of the heroes they show in the trailer who's I guess you could say is pretty sexed up in the comic and does not look that way in the trailer. So you probably won't even be getting that side of things, um, especially since it's Netflix and it's a little. If you consider a lot of what Netflix does, it's a little more wider access. Yeah. Um with some of their stuff and and it looks like based on what we've seen in the trailer it looks like that's what they're going for more of a pg sort of thing which it's kind of for me that's kind of cool because other than the mainstream marvel and dc it seems like everybody else if they do superheroes is trying to go for the very adult audience even dc if you watch um like titans and doom patrol they're going for an adult they're not trying to bring the kids into this type of thing it's like these are the guys that are going to be watching it for the next 30 40 years Right. I mean, like, Jupiter's Legacy, the, the comic book is not a kid's comic yeah. by any means. So they are sticking to that. They're just not trying to go over the top for the sake of it. Exactly. You know, uh, right. now I can't, obviously, since we haven't seen that much of it, I can't speak to what they do with the rest of it. Yeah, it may actually uh, be a, a boy's style violent. <laughs> it, I mean, for the most part, it, it shouldn't have that much of a bloody gory violence to it. Uh, from what I know of the comic, but you could still get a lot of violence. You could still get a lot of sex. I don't know. Yeah. But it depends what they decide to do with it. Right. Um, we'll find out in uh, in less than a month. May 7th is when right. it hits Netflix. I don't know if it's an all at once or a weekly, knowing Netflix mm-hmm. is all at once. Yeah, right. Netflix, they'll drop it all. Well, you know, the uh, because there's – I think when people think about superheroes, there, that is it's traditionally – marketed to a younger crowd uh they the thing is if you want a sustainable audience you need to market it to i guess the older people well, older the crowds, those though, of us who grew up with it. no the thing is though the past decade or so it's not marketed to a younger crowd no i mean we've had the mcu yeah right, for, for a decade now so right. people know that you don't look at a superhero show and think oh i'm gonna put that on for the kids yeah. right they don't well, really do that anymore yeah, right. like I said, it's not that they're marketing it. Um, they don't need to market it to a younger crowd, but make it accessible for all ages. Not Don't write yeah, it for the not, kids, but make it so that the kids aren't totally shut off by it or the parents are not, not willing to show the kids. Not not everyone wants to see hyper-violence like the boys. That's yeah. true. But, I mean, but again, that was based on the way the comic is. Right. Exactly. So Jupiter's Legacy is not as violent a comic in general. Right. I mean, it's not Kick-Ass. Kick, Kick-Ass is its own <laughs> it thing. Was, it yeah. was meant to shock. Right. That's what Mark Millar liked to do at the time. You know, he has he has different ones for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, um, which one was it? Uh, the the Kings, uh, Kingsman. Yeah, Mark Millar did Kingsman. For, a lot yeah. of people forget that. Yeah. See, that's what's um, kind of cool if you watch, if you check out authors, or especially comic writers, that have worked either multiple places or put out their own stuff for a long period of time and actually see where they're at in their basically their life and what they're writing. It's totally right. different depending on what era, almost like an era, just like an artist would have, to have different I eras mean, that do different things. He wrote He wrote a graphic called Huck, and Huck was a small-town guy who just happened to have super strength and basically be a superhero, but he just kind of helped people locally and didn't want any fame out of it. Right. It was a completely different feel from a lot of his other books. Right. Yeah. 
which I'm sure we'll probably see on screen at some point. Mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, we um the other big one we had was the trailer for the series Loki. Yes. Uh, and not surprisingly, there was a hell of a lot in the trailer. Speaking of oh MCU. <laughs> the, now, we had a teaser earlier, and the teaser gave us a little bit. This trailer, oh, my God. It almost felt like watching a mini movie. It did. There yeah, there so was a lot. Yeah. Um, now, you get a little better feel for what the Time Variance Authority is, the TVA. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically are a bureaucratic department. They mm-hmm. they monitor all of time and space in the multiverse. Right. Um, but it's all bureaucracy. And I love the way they made it look like it's all in the 60s. Yeah. Right? And yet all their technology is fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they have a they have a dot matrix printer that apparently never fails. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because it's the future. They figured out how to make it work all the time. Exactly. And yet they still use a dot matrix printer. <laughs> Now, the awesome thing is, for anyone who has ever attended Dragon Con, you recognize the headquarters of the TVA. That is the Marriott Marquis Hotel in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Okay? And those are the elevators. You see those three big figures by the elevators. Those are the elevators right in the middle of the lobby. And it's kind of fantastic to see that. It place. is. <laughs> it's always looked like a like an, a, an internal skeleton of some creature on the True. inside. So yes. Yeah. I love seeing that hotel everywhere. Um, anyways, those three statues are significant as well. Um, you see them a few places throughout the TVA. They are known as the timekeepers and they were godlike beings who exist at the very last moments of the entire multiverse. And they were created by someone named he who remains, um, who was the final director of the TVA. So because they deal with time streams, they know who exists at the end. And so that's their godlike presences throughout. Okay. Because it's time. Right. (laughs) Now, interestingly, the timekeepers were preceded by the time twisters, which were failed attempts by he who remains. And they now perpetually tussle over two branching realities of all existence for dominance. So it'll be interesting to see if we get anything of that. Oh, yeah. Because of all the branches that we see. The funny thing is, it's like you think just, well, just, it's comic book logic. But logically, he who remains, if he under, if he understands time and can see what happens with time, wouldn't he already know that the first guys would would not work? So just not make those, make the second guys. <laughs> but then he was meant to have to do that. Exactly. Right. That That's why time travel is weird in comic books. <laughs> Um, and then you have one of the best character names ever, played by Owen Wilson. We have Mobius M. Mobius. That's his name, Mobius, middle initial M, Mobius. Uh-huh. Um, and he's basically a middle manager at the TVA. <laughs> he's just a cog in the wheel, and he is stuck with Loki. Um, that's, that's, his, that's his file right now, it's Loki. Um, now, background on this one, his look, his mustache, his suit... From it is direct from the comics, and it's meant to evoke Marvel Comics editor Mark Grunwald. Oh, okay. And he was the he was basically Marvel's top continuity expert. He was all about the multiverse and time within mm-hmm. the comics, and so they created this character who looked like him. And in the comics, every TVA character looks like him. <laughs> <laughs> so. This, that was their inside joke that everyone looks like him because that's what they care about most. Um, so Mobius, though, in the trailer gives us the entire premise that Loki broke all of time as the agency knew it 
when he picked up the Tesseract <clears throat> during the events of Endgame. And now he has to help fix the repeatedly diverging timeline. So one thing to pay attention to is that Loki's suit says variant on it, and they refer to him as the Loki variant. Because mm-hmm. he's not the Loki we know who died. No. He is the 2012 version of Loki before he reformed himself and basically joined the good guys. Right. This is still the trickster, slightly bad guy Loki we're talking with. Right. Okay. Well, it, that's what you have to remember. Yeah. Well, what's cool is you're saying how he's got to fix the varying timelines. By the time this show is over, they could totally reset the Marvel timeline and fix some of the stuff that the little things here and there that everybody still has questions about. You could actually yeah. fix it through just this show. You could actually fill in all the plot holes. Yeah. It's just like nothing nothing will have a hole in it at all once you're done. Everybody's expecting the new Doctor Strange movie to do a lot of that, but it's like this series could fix it all and be ready to go for here forward. It really could, but when you're when you're considering it's Loki, um, I'm not so sure that it's going to fix everything. Well, well, Loki promised that he's not going to... Yeah, he promised he'd be good. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> We've never heard that before. <laughs> You're right, exactly. Um, and some of the... You do get glimpses in the trailer of some of the alternate realities. Some of them are places we've never seen before. Other ones are a little more familiar, like obviously Asgard. Um, he's there. And you get the whole presidential campaign, the Vote Loki campaign, which yes. is direct from the comics where he ran on a campaign of always lying. So, you know, why wouldn't you trust him? He just tells you outright he's always lying. Um, (laughs) Then you also get the fact that Loki was apparently D.B. Cooper. So, (laughs) (laughs) and that's why you can never find him, because he fixed things and disappeared. So that makes sense. That that, that totally explains the D.B. Cooper plot hole right there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So there's... There's a lot of little Easter eggs throughout this, which is not surprisingly because this is going to be much like WandaVision, a series that you have to pay close attention to, um, Mm -hmm. to catch all the little bits, to catch all the references that you know from all the movies. Right. And to remember the fact that this is 2012 Loki. So there are movies that come after. So there's a possibility that stuff that happens in this show is referenced in later movies not referencing earlier movies. Yeah. He has done – because there's stuff that, that has happened in um, in certain movies that when I've watched – rewatched some MCU, I'm like, holy crap, they waited eight movies to get to that. Right. You know, so they're going to – like one interesting thing confirms scrolls in the universe as well on the show because um, – when they walk Loki into the TVA, into the lobby area, mm-hmm. there is a very quick glimpse on the right-hand side of a Skrull in his natural form wearing a tracksuit, um, which is kind of funny. But yeah. um, there's a Skrull there, so they may be part of this too. And that could lead us, again, directly into Secret Evasion that we know is coming up. True. Um, well, also, remember, you were talking about how there's stuff that didn't pay off for like eight movies. If I remember right, wasn't Thanos teased in the first Avenger movie? He was, wasn't he like you? Was that the end of the first one, or was it the second? Thanos. Yeah, I don't think Thanos was Thanos in the Thanos was earlier than that. that earlier Th- than the Avengers. Thanos uh, is, shows up at the end of the Avengers. Yeah, the, uh, first, the first Avengers movie. The first Avengers. And there's like yeah. what three other Avengers movies before we get to him, or two other ones. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Plus other movies. Plus in all the, yeah, the fifteen movies in between. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I mean, mainly they're st- they were still dealing with the Battle of New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, Thanos didn't show up until... 
Oh, the other thing you get in this trailer is the mystery character. There's someone in a cloak. And then there's also someone you see on this purple misty planet that he's sitting down talking to, which people are presuming is the same person. Um, could potentially be the female Loki. Oh. There is Loki goes back and forth. He plays both sides in all ways. Mm-hmm. So um, there has been a female Loki in the comics, and that's there's a presumption that that may be a female Loki, partially because of behind-the-scenes looks at a female who seemed to be wearing a similar Loki outfit okay. at one point. Okay. So we'll have to wait and see. That's in June. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're making our way through Falcon and Winter Soldier and all the craziness yeah. that's happening there. Right now. Oh, boy. So... <laughs> Yeah, we gotta watch this week's episode still. We just watched it this morning before we came on. Wow. There's a twist ending there. Oh my god. Oh. Um, Every episode of this has had a twist ending. It's a hell of a a ride this episode, though. Like, really. And apparently there's there's a character coming up in an upcoming... I don't know if it's the next episode or the one after. They said there's some kind of character. There's a character showing up. Someone we know is showing up. That's all I got. I don't have the name. I don't know who it is. But there's a well-known character showing up. Uh, well, know, in the know, next I... couple of weeks, we're going to cover it all anyway, because there's only, what, two more episodes left? There's only two left! <laughs> yeah, so catch up, people, because in a couple of weeks, we're going to cover it. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So. Yeah, so, yeah. It, I mean, this is, the, quite quite honestly, the past few years, it's, it's almost like we're living the golden age of geek with all the stuff we can watch at any time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And have access to, and read, and... Things are mainstream that when we were kids, we used to have to fight to find. Right. And and you have to appreciate that. I mean, for the sake of, you know, you can argue over what characters you like better, what franchises you like better, what companies you like better. But quite honestly, the fact that all that stuff is out there says something. Right. And it's quality stuff. is not just, yes. oh, look. Um, oh, yeah. So, and I'm not, not to knock it, but, oh, here's a, uh, you like Hulk? Here's a series for you. Oh, you like Captain America? We got a couple of movies for you. Don't even get me started oh, on the you, Captain you America movie. You want a rumor, though? What? Okay, you know how um, they're currently making Into the Spider-Verse 2? Yeah. yeah. So what Spider-Man cartoon did we all grow up with? Oh, no oh. way. Please tell me we're going to get Iceman and Firestar. Well, no, no, no. What I'm talking about is the fact that the voice of the original Spider-Man cartoon that we grew up with back in the 80s is rumored to be included as a Spider-Man in the second Spider-Verse movie. Oh, no, that oh. would be cool. So, which actually opens the door for something like Iceman and Firestorm. And stuff like wow. That. <laughs> okay. So there you go. That's my little hey, rumor of the week. you know what? Then that's the, that's how they're going to bring X-Men into the, um, into the current <laughs> stuff. Right. Is by well, bringing you know Iceman and Firestorm into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> but the, know, the Spider-Verse is Sony. Mm-hmm. Spider-Verse is Sony. And Sony owns X. Wait, no, they don't no, anymore. Not anymore. They can't use X. Sony can't no, use X. They can't use X. They can't use X unless they get permission from Disney now. Right. Which, depending Never on what it is, what? Disney, I could see letting them do it for something like that. Uh, no, no, no. Sony can use X in the live-action Spider-Man movie because they have an agreement. Disney and Sony has agreements with what they can use in the live-action movies. Right. They could potentially use X in those movies because it's Disney-approved stuff, and Disney could give them the, the green light for that. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Then again, we could also get the X-Men in the Loki show. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't, you know what? I just Right right now, I'm still processing what I saw in the latest episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. I, yeah. But, yeah. So. Yeah. 
But there's I'm lots and lots of stuff coming up uh, that we're going to be covering here, guys. So make sure you're caught up on things because we're gonna we're getting to the end of a lot of different things that we can start talking about. That's right. So anything else before we get ready to wrap this up today? No, I think I'm talked out. This is another news heavy and uh, um, commenting on what's going on in current universe week. So some some weeks we need that because there's just so much out there that that needs a bit of discussion. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, geeksters. What did you think of these trailers or anything else we covered this week? Miss Dawn wants to hear from you. You can get a hold of us. www.geekwatch1.com. Anywhere, everywhere, all social media, Geekwatch1. If you put Geekwatch1 into a search bar and don't find us, let us know. Miss Dawn will take care of the problem. Don't make me come up with portals to go places. Yeah. <laughs> also, you can email her. Geekwatch1 at gmail.com. We're proud members of the Tangibound Network at tangiboundnetwork.com and Weeby Geeks. Uh, podcast collective at the weebyxpc.com also don't forget to check out our buddy Charlie Murphy over at Stray Dog and um, Cafe 388 and the Akron Pickle just search Stray Dog Akron or Cafe 388 anywhere on all social media and you'll get a hold of him and then our friends over at the Pop Insider and the Toy Insider uh, check them out especially toy reviews they have some great stuff our buddy um, James over there I saw the box he got from Hasbro with all of the new premium uh G.I. Joe figures, and he had the entire run of Power Rangers that just came in like two weeks ago. <coughs> yeah, if you want to be jealous about a toy collection, follow the Rock Father on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he's just. And it's all like G.I. Joe and Transformers and all the good stuff. And Oh, yeah. I mean, he gets some of the cutesy stuff, but he gets the good stuff. Uh huh. I'm, I'm like, where do you have room for all your stuff? <laughs> he has to make room because he's got it. He, and the great thing about his job is he has to play with them. So he can do reviews. Yeah. He, he legitimately needs toys in his life. <laughs> I would want to play with some of it. Well, he has to. He gets paid to play. I know. So, but check them out at thetoyinsider.com and thepopinsider.com. And other than that, uh, for Kylan and Dawn and Vicky and myself, just remember. No matter where you go, there you are.